Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. So, ready? can they get credits? Um, you know, continuing education. Can, yeah, CEDs. I don't know if we're uh, we're qualified. not we may not be qualified, but we have to. Uh, we could probably put together. Make right note there. of it, folks, in case you've been following. Maybe. Yeah, if you're if you're a PhD and you uh, need an extra hour of uh, continuing education yep. credits, we might be know. able to get you those. Yeah, let us know if it works. <laughs> All right, this is episode thirty-eight, Matt. It is the twenty-first of February, two thousand eighteen. It's a nice day out for February. It's I'm, abnormally nice. I've got I've had the door open here all day like it was May, so everybody liked that. Yeah, it's funny. So I, I went outside during lunch, yeah. and there's still snow banks everywhere. Snow banks, but they're but, like mush. Right, and it's warm, but you could feel the the cooling from the snow banks evaporating. And I think it made funny. the air humid. Right, it made so, it very humid. Yeah, but it was nice, good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. This is like perfect temperature right now. All right, so... Uh, a couple announcements real quick before we get into it. Um, I'll leave that to you. Yes. So we've got the Power Weekend coming up soon, starting with March 9th. We've got Shauna Mendelson coming in for a bench press clinic. Those spots are filling up. It's beginning to fill, everybody. I, I wouldn't miss it if, you get, if you're get if you open that day. It's not that expensive. Time, it and starts at 5? Five? 5 to 7. It's not going to be a big time commitment or really a big money commitment. But Right. We're capping it at 20 people? She's capping it at 20. And so, that's because she wants to make sure that everyone in there gets hands-on experience. Which I think is very commendable because you, I've, you've seen the big 50 and 60 people once. You, you basically part with your money. Exactly. You might as well be watching a PowerPoint at that point. And you can do that and call it good so without parting with anything. It's exactly. And then following that, so that's on a Friday the 9th, mm-hmm. March 9th, coming right up. Yep. Following that morning, uh, March 10th, of course, is the Women's Powerlifting Meet, second annual Got witness history. History being made again. Again, some more. And um, that is full. Uh, it's been full. been full. It's been full. So Yes. I definitely have to think about that for next year. That, that filled up so fast. Did you know that the, uh, the uh, women's national powerlifting team from the country of Georgia, not Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia, the former Soviet Union, Okay. they approached me to enter that. We were full. I got a long letter from the coach. So I, I <laughs> yes, yes. You know, he's they're Georgian. There's some sort of I think um, they're not Slavic. I think they're so they're Russian descent. The country of Georgia. Yes, and uh, I, I had to tell him we um, apologize, and I gave him a cordial invite to the May meet. I haven't heard back, but they are members of our WPC. Right. They lived in the WPC, and he wanted his women in this meet, but that's incredible. Too late. Wow. How how do they well. They, I did check just randomly on Powerlifting uh-huh. Watch, yeah. which is a, a, an international website, obviously, mm-hmm. and these do come up. If you start, ours come if, up, yeah, yeah, that must be what he saw because I don't know if they're heading to the United States in that time frame. He said this is one of the meets where we'd like to choose. So I think That's they're incredible. maybe like doing a little tour. They probably have government money. Wow, you know, a lot of the countries will sponsor their lifters like that, and uh, I, I'm just I haven't heard back. I'm hoping they come for May. That's intense. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yep. Um, and then, of course, May, you're referencing May 12th, the Open. The Open Meet, which I told him we'd be honored to have them. Mm-hmm. 
That's crazy. So I haven't heard so anything awesome. back. I hope it wasn't. A, hope I haven't started an international incident. <laughs> <laughs> was it like broken English or no? It was perfectly written. He knew all the names. It, it wasn't baloney. He knew. He knew the a lot of people I know in the in the AP the APF WPC. The, a lot of the refs. He knew Amy Jackson. So it wasn't baloney. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. So uh, today we're going to continue our educational series um, on the big three, and we're going to end with. What I would call the biggest of the three, the biggest of the three for me, anyways. Where the, the meat starts. The deadlift. <laughs> it's where the meat really starts, some people say. That's where it gets exciting. Yeah. So this is one I feel like I could finally uh, I could finally actually have a honest <laughs> talk with this one. Well, you, could, you know plenty about the other two. I do. I have, uh, I definitely made, even if, even if you break it down to percentage, I mean, obviously, for me, anyways, it's my biggest lift. Yeah. For a while, the squat and deadlift kind of, they would pass each other, but for the last six or eight months, the deadlift has kind of taken off. Yeah, you're doing, you're pulling well. I'm feeling great. Um, I feel a big pull for you Saturday. Yes, I want to weigh in on that real quick. I'm two and a half days out from yeah. the USAPL meet. My very first USAPL meet. I'll be riding up with uh, Ryan Montague, who cool. is a, 10, no, a 120 Kilo lifter. So I will that's be about two seventy five, a little less than two seventy five. I think it works out to two sixty five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the ninety three kilo mm-hmm. category, which is two hundred five. So I've got a little bit of weight to gain. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We got our chauffeur, Chandon. Yeah, you might as well be the full. Go to the limit on the class. Oh yeah, I'm going to push it. As I'm yeah. going to eat like I yeah. until I can. Yeah, that's the best way to go. Yeah. Definitely getting <clears throat> the pre meat butterflies a little bit right now. I, I always tell people that's good. If you don't have that, you're either numb or you're... It's good to be nervous, right? Either, yeah. You're either a numbskull or you're... I don't know. You don't care. Right. So, yeah, that's up in Augusta at the Undaunted Powerhouse. Hope to see a lot of you guys there. Uh, but, Maddie, without further ado, let's talk about um, kind of the five things to watch out for on the deadlift, five things that could uh, help improve your deadlift. There you go. All right. I, it sounds like we get some of the same stuff. So Sure. I'll what? throw mine in as yours yeah. kind of hit. Go ahead. Well, let's start with you. Let's start with you. All right. I, it's, you know, what I t- went, on, went on about with bench and, dead, and uh, squat is the approach. The approach to the bar. Yeah. Approach to the platform, approach to the bench, whatever you approach to the monolith, whatever you're talking about. Right now we're approaching a bar that's on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I see more people just kind of, I don't know, uh, shuffle up to the bar. Bozy on Yeah, out. I'm going to take a look at this. I guess, uh, I guess I'll deadlift today. You know. <laughs> You can't do that. You got to walk up there, and you got to stand up tall, because that's where you're going to finish. If you stand up, shrugging with your shoulders uh, down, Whoa, yeah, yeah. And, but then on the other hand, I can't stand people with their shoulders shrugged high who try to get down to the bar. You just added three inches to your pull. So keep your shoulders down, relax your arms. From your armpits down, you can tighten up. Just let your arms hang there. You, now you've taken an inch off the pull, okay? Mm-hmm. And then when you pull the slack out of the bar. Hopefully, we got another inch up. So there's two less inches that maybe your competitor doesn't have. That's right. Okay. So walk up with your head down, looking at the floor. No, look straight ahead. That's where you want to finish. You're going to look at the judge when you get done. So get up there. Yep. Judge has got his hand up when you're yep. walking up. Do whatever you do and kick your hips back a little bit, drop into position, lock onto the bar. You got about 2.1 seconds of stretch reflex at the bottom. Don't do the dance and the scream and the Macarena. Right. Get down there, get set, and go. There's no start command, so just get after it. Yeah, that's my number one. Yeah, and uh, just to just to throw something that I've always told people 
you can kind of tell when you see someone mosey on up to the deadlift bar, or like, yeah, eh, I kind of, I guess I'll pull this. Yeah. My number one rule for deadlifting is you can't kind of want to deadlift. You have to, you got to, when you're deadlifting, the only thing that's going through your mind should be deadlifting. When you're walking up to the bar, and something that I tell people, especially before a heavy lift, maybe you're getting a little intimidated by the lift, maybe it's a extra heavy, something you've never pulled. PR, some, could be a PR. Yeah. Could be to win the meet. That's right. Could be, right. You maybe have some of that. I like to, very simply, I envision myself in like almost in the third person with the, it already lifted. I just picture it pulled. That's and then a, when I walk up to it, I, I've already, it's as if it's already done. So listen to him, folks. It's visualization and it really works once you master it. Yeah. Good, that's good, Matt. And then, and then just more in the start is the pre-tension. Like you said, you get a few extra inches out of it and you also, you get the, you get the snap. You get yes. that nice, clean, crisp snap of the bar, which makes the deadlift just feel that much better. Start tightening everything from your armpits down. Leave your arms alone. Just leave them hanging. Then you can take the slack out of the bar. You can if you if you look at like a piece of uh, wire under tension. That's so right. the idea is to put tension on the bar. So that was one. Yes. And then I guess we just make you know when you when you don't tension the bar, what we see is the jerk. See people trying to jerk the weight. Yes. You're asking for a lot of different problems, mm -hmm. missing a lift, tearing your bicep, things of this nature. Which yeah. Which just why bother. Right. And a way to tell if you're pre-tensioning correctly mm -hmm. is you listen for the click. So when you pull up on the deadlift bar just a little bit, you'll hear basically this, the collar of the barbell hit the plate. This makes a little clink noise. If I had a barbell in here, if I was thinking about it, I would I would have pre-recorded the noise. Clink. <laughs> if you hear that when you're lifting, you've done it wrong. You want to hear it first and then lift. I want to hear it once. Yes. A lot of times I'll hear it. And then it goes down. And then it, it goes down because they up. let go and they think they're going to retension it and it's not going to happen because you now you lost that 2.1 second of stretch reflex, it's called, I guess. So that's all you got on deadlift and, and it's gone. So all the huffing and puffing and breathing and dipping your hips and dropping your hips, don't do it. And then I had not. Okay, you got one because I got, I just don't want to copy yours. Sure. What's your next one? My next one is going to be... Because um, I'm already at three by the time we t we touched on tension. And oh, okay. So my next one is going to be for if you're new to li uh, lifting weights, definitely start. And so you're new to lifting weights, but you want to get into powerlifting. And you're watching these freaks like Yuri Belkin, Blaine Sumner, Kaylor Woolham crank these super huge deadlifts while pulling sumo. So meaning that their legs are on the... They, their hands are on the inside of their legs. They got a wide stance. Yes. Um, start conventional would be my two cents. And the reason why I feel that that's important is that you develop a lot of lower back. You, you I just don't think that starting sumo, I think your hamstrings are going to be underdeveloped. I don't think that your back is going to be properly, your lower back is going to be properly developed. I think that starting conventional, which is the most intuitive way to deadlift, is the best for beginners. It's I, I agree with you, and I think it, it probably sumo is suited to about eight out of ten people. If you lined up ten people, it would eight of them would be, need to stay conventional. Yeah, I think I said that backwards. Conventional is for for eight out of ten people. Eight out of ten is conventional, so yes. only about twenty percent. Because I can tell you right now, I set them into a sumo stance, and it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. So, and then but there is that couple of percent that is better at sumo, and then there's the the uh, switch hitters, we'll call them. Sure. So I will say that 
if you have been pulling conventional a long time and you make the switch to sumo, it is going to feel really weird for a while. The sumo switch. Yeah. It will. Because I remember when I first made the switch and it was just the most bizarre feeling. You just feel like you don't have the oomph, I guess. It's, it's true. That, that quick, the, the, the quick movement that you get at the bottom, that, which I don't want to say a jerk, but kind of is a jerk. When you really just muscle up a conventional deadlift. You have that, you do have that, if you want to call it a luxury, I don't, it's really a good way to mess things up, but mm-hmm. you do have a little margin for error that way. Not much margin on sumo. Right. Now, um, what I've been doing lately, just started it really. If I don't know the person, conventional or sumo, they're starting on the blocks. Okay. Because it's just too much to ask most people to get into a safe pulling position with the bar on the floor. I don't I mean, care I gotta how, say how that you up. seem to have mastered that. I mean, Katie McCall is a perfect example. You took her from never deadlifting to pulling over 200. Yes, and she was on the blocks. Right, started from the blocks. Correct. And it just seems like you've got it that so I got two mastered. One is for performance, one is for safety. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's my two reasons behind that, but that's where I'm at if you're when you're talking about either technique. So you got to have some blocks around. We have several choices, as you know. Yep. And go from there. Work your way back to the floor. It might only take two workouts, but that's where I'm starting people. So about how high do you start someone? Where does the where does the bar land approximately for a first timer? Uh, you mean the box height, the block height? Yeah, but so if someone doesn't have a box and maybe they wanted to just pull out of a rack. Oh, or then something, we go in the rack. We'll set it just below the knee. Is where the bar should be. That's what I would do. Okay. If so I only had a rack just, here. Yeah. And no blocks. I'd go in just below the knee. If that worked well, we'd drop it a little mm-hmm. and then slowly get to uh, the floor. But I'm not starting anybody on the floor anymore. What's the progression for that? How many weeks? Uh, well, I have a new fella tonight. He left by the time you got here. But I started him on the blocks three weeks ago, and I think he pulled two plates. And tonight he made it to the floor, and he did 275 for seven singles from the floor. Very strict. So that was a three-week progress. Three weeks. Three weeks process. We went yeah. high block, seven inch block, four inch block, and tonight floor. That's so not long at all. But that could also we could still be on it. Depends on the lifter. I don't you know I don't know. And then there are those that can say to me, you know I've been deadlifting. I can I'm still because I haven't seen him do it. Or if I watch him do a couple, I'm not comfortable. Yeah, We're going on the block. I'm sorry. You you hired me, so that's right. I'm gonna do it. Now the coach, <laughs> not a friend. Well, hopefully we'll end up with both. <laughs> a little, but, little yeah. both, but... Right, it's called tough love. Sure. <laughs> All right. The other point on the setup that we... we um, I know we've been still on setup a little bit, yep. and now that's the execution, but... Uh, and I don't know where you stand on this, but I have got to have myself and anybody I'm working with, conventional or sumo, I need a little daylight when they're in the upright position between their shin and the bar. Right, so you, you don't want to... drop wanna... into position, you contact the bar a little bit with your shin, I'm Okay. You stand up again, look down. Oh, I'm not touching. Now I know you're where I want you. Okay. And if you're uh, going to run that onto your shins from the start, you're going to punch the bar right off you, and you're there goes the bar away from your body. Right. So this is something I learned from you. Okay. Um, perfect way to prove yourself that this works mm-hmm. is if you go up and you know you're a sumo. For me, I like to put my. I kind of start. I use the rings as kind of like a basis of where I start. Yes. If you go up, and you'd have to kind of exaggerate this to get the effect that I'm going for, but if you walk up, 
put your shins on the rings. Yes. And drop down into position quickly. Yes. That bar will actually roll away from you because you'll push it away. Correct. Um, so just having it's, I mean, for me, it's not much daylight at all. Mm-mm. It's fra- it's a fraction. But if you're on the bar and you start to pull, you're going to kick it away from you. Up go your hips. There goes the lift. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at with that. And the other thing you just mentioned the rings. I'm glad you did. Um, conventional or sumo, if you're using the standard over under grip. Yep. If I'm right handed, or you're, I'm training you. I'm offsetting you a little bit to the left. So if you stand in front of your lifter, okay, mm-hmm. your shins are not on the rings. You're offset a little bit left with a right hand over grip. Are you with me? Yes. You're not in the middle of the bar. Right. You're so sla- you're sla- I'm, In other words, my right leg is just inside the right ring. My left leg is almost on the left ring. Okay. Because, and which hand is supinated? My right hand is over. My left hand is supinated. Okay. okay. So the right-handed lifters, I say that because most right-handed lifters go right hand over. Right. There are those that don't. So I'm saying this for right hand over lifters. Because it really Off- depends on what hand is supinated. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just depends. No. Well, I use the, which hand is, is over, which that's the okay. other, that's pronated. Sure. So anyway, and why am I saying this? Because it'll stop any of the windmilling that you see. Okay, if you offset a little bit from your right, from your dominant, their hand over side, it'll stop a lot of the windmilling that you see, conventional or sumo. Okay, so just one more time. Yes. Because I've gotten confused on this in the past. Okay. If your right hand is over, correct. Are you offset to the left or to yes, the right? Yes, it's an easy way to remember. You're offset it. to the left. You're going to offset left, right hand over, move to the left. Left hand over, move to the right. Sure. Okay? Now, it's a fraction. You're just not in the middle. Just a hair. Correct. Here's the other point. More sumo than conventional. You'd have to play with a conventional grip. But my index finger, and I have a fairly long arm, so this ought to help anybody. My index finger on my right, my overhand, Mm -hmm. I can just maybe feel a little bit of the smooth. More, uh, More neural than smooth. My left hand, my supinated hand, it's all narrow. is almost all neural with my pinky finger. Okay, now I know I've offset everything. Sure. Okay. Do you look at the bar when you're uh, going down? Sure. You do. I used to. Everybody, people were scared to look on sumo to look at the bar. I don't mind that. Okay. Because I know where I'm going to reach. I know I'm going to pull my lats tight, get set, and go. Go up. Yeah. So I'm going to. So we have to offset hands and feet, folks. Gotcha. You, yeah, you just basically shift yourself. I mean, what would you but say? I'm not. I'm a talking quarter of an inch, maybe an inch? a quarter of an inch. If so, if you have any windmilling problems, it will help you. So I'm gonna. Uh, I don't think I can say this very often, but I'm gonna one up you there on the grip. Okay. And it's something <clears> that I just have learned in the last 12 weeks or so for my USAPL meet. Yep. And the best way to get rid of the windmilling. Yep. And I think the bigger risk in going over under, especially longevity wise, yep. you get twisted in the body. So I'm just going to throw it out there that if you're looking to improve your deadlift, consider the hook grip. Absolutely. If I could start my career over again, I would. Because Go ahead. Um, so the hook grip is, for those who don't know, you're doing double overhand, but you're basically tucking your thumb under your index finger and grabbing onto your thumb. And this hurts like a son of a gun, but you will never drop that bar. And it's almost like using straps because you get that extra inch that you would lose when you would supinate. Correct. You, you you actually make your arms a little bit longer, if you will, when you go double overhand in the hook grip 
You are absolutely right. And I, I, like I said, I could, I could never do it now. If I could start all over again, mm-hmm. I would at least train a lot that way. I don't know that I'd end up in a meet with it, right. but i do a lot of training that way. Because if you look at most of our backs, I already said this on one podcast, my right side of my, my whole paraspinal muscles are way more developed than my left side. And that's where you get back problems. Right. From all that right-handed pulling. Yeah, I mean, I've already had, like, I've got my, if I, like, lay down my left ankle kind of twist a little bit from always pulling. So you're doing you're doing a smart it. thing. How far you go with it, you don't know, but. Right, of course. Um, but the well, proof that it works is the Olympic lifters. If those guys are, those guys are transferring from the floor, you know, in the 400, some in the 500-pound range with that grip, to, it up works. Up to their, yeah, up to their shoulders. Okay, so we know it works. You need it, it needs a lot of work to make it work. Right. I will say, too, um, my hands are in better condition now that I switched to a hook grip. I'm sure. I don't get rips anymore. I wouldn't think because so. Because I'm basically grabbing on so much tighter. I think what causes um, rips from the deadlift is when you your grip starts to lose it a little bit. You, and that bar gets kind of turns in your hand mm-hmm. while you're still gripping on it really hard. And that knurling literally pulls your calluses apart. You've, you've gripped it so hard. And then it, you finally the grip gives a little bit, and there mm-hmm. goes the callus. Um, one of the things on uh, that we used to cause a lot of that though was mostly at the meets because we always had new bars. Yeah. So. Oh. That was some oh, of the that. Time. Obviously, it doesn't yeah. Help and we were tearing it. our hands on squat bars even because they always use new bars. But anyway, I tore my hands on the uh, easy curl bar here when we first bought that because I heard you were a curling champion. I'm that's about to be. That's what everybody said. No, not from Russia though. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I only got one. You can't even see it anymore, but I only got one cut the whole time, and it was nothing. It was like I mean, when I used to, when I would do the the last few meets I've done, I would get massive holes in my hands from deadlifting, tearing. Yeah, and Pop. I haven't gotten that from sumo. I got one like, and I, when I say a hole, it's like a, just bigger than a pin. Yeah, but I bet there were new bars too, at the meets. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that is. That's what point. I always. I guess noticed. I have been using a bench bar too. Which I'd always be all cut up from the cause, from meats because it was they were new. But still, your your advice on the hook grip is very good. Yeah. So it's gonna hurt. The way that I learned hook grip was that I just I it took probably three weeks of me saying I'm gonna do it. And the first week I, I gave up, and mm-hmm. the second week I made it a little bit farther, and the third week I was so fed up with the fact that I gave up mm-hmm. that I just forced myself to it, and it really hurts. It hurts when you first start, but when you, as soon as you break the ground, it's not so bad. Really? Yeah. Because I, you know, I haven't done it in years. It hurts. I used to try to do heavy <laughs> shrugs that way. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. I do, uh, I will say that when I do, once I'm done with my deadlifts mm-hmm. and stuff, or if I'm doing like back down sets or mm-hmm. deficit, I yep. go straps. Because I, it, it does hurt. And it, it will. You mean so that you can maintain that grip? Maintain that yes. grip and save my, save my grip a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. That makes sense. Maintain the grip, save the grip. Because beyond that, I'm not crazy about straps, but I see, I see why you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, that so we was got like three-ish. That was three-ish with the shins. Everybody, I hope is clear on the space with the shins and the yep. and the offset. All right, you think it was pretty clear? Huh? Definitely. All right, good. Yeah. So, so just real quick, right hands over, shift to the left. Correct. Left hands over, shift to the right. Right. And it's the summary. Same with your hands. Yeah. Right hands over, shift it to the left. Just a little. Index finger, just feeling a little bit of smooth. Pinky finger, left hand, which is supinated, underhand grip. You don't feel much smooth at all. You feel almost all neural. Gotcha. Now you know everything's just barely offset and you won't get any. No windmill. No windmill. You don't want windmill. 
that can cause you to drop the bar, all kinds of problems. Probably some federations give you a red light for it. I bet they would. Yeah. Definitely. So uneven uh, lockout and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just uh, three-ish. That was like number three-ish. Yeah, I'm up to three-ish. All right, so I'm at four. All right, what you got, Maddie? It's, this is more training than it is, but it's all part of deadlift mistakes. Of course. So, I mean, you know how I feel about it, but, you know, get away from these high rep sets, especially with a meat approaching. Uh, we had our group and uh, several of my clients this week, they wanted more volume. We did 15 sets of one. We've already talked about this. We did 15 singles. That was a workout. Oh, yeah. Okay? And I with... Uh, I don't know. We had, we uh, the total poundage lifted was four or five thousand pounds, so that's plenty. Definitely. Okay, you don't lose a drop of uh, technique when you're doing one, as you know it, one rep at a time. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel like it's enough work, then you do fifteen. Don't worry about a set of ten on the deadlift. I just I, I just can't wrap my head around these high rep sets, and I can't wrap my head around the bounce reps on deadlift. Well, I'll give you my point or two on that, Matt, because I'm guilty of both. I thought you didn't do those anymore. Well, I do. Oh. Well, I mean, I, I haven't done it as much. But it's something that I've definitely done in the past, and um, I guess I'll tell you why. Yes. So, as a sumo lifter, if I can pull one, I can pull three. Mm -hmm. Just That's just how it is. And that's the bounce reps. Mm -hmm. So, to me, the bounce reps are more of an activity of staying in position. It forces you to get really good at staying in position. And it's also... Which, the bounce... The, the um, yeah, when you do the call it touch and go reps, because yeah. you kind of never, once you start, you never get out of, you know, you're locked back. Yeah. You never actually get out of the position. And it's really, it's almost like a bodybuilding movement because it's ex kind of like an extreme time under tension. Yes. Um, and I've definitely gotten a lot of strength out of it. Mm -hmm. But as far as like carry, it's weird because I could do. You know, my 90% I can do for like seven reps just because I'm good at it when I when mm -hmm. I do the touch and go. When I do slow it down, it's definitely more beneficial. Well, my question would be, so if you can, you do, if you can do one, you can do three with that method? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Just by, because basically you, you've already taken the tension out of the bar. All right. And you're, when you get down, they call it a touch and go because you're just barely letting the weights touch and you're pulling it back up. Right. So my my challenge would be if you can do the three with weight A, mm -hmm. could you still do the three with weight A if you set it down, got set, and go again? Set it, it would down, be harder. It would be much more difficult. It would be like, uh, it would be much more difficult. Definitely. And I think you'd have to hold your proper position more than you would. Well, I'd have to restart the position. Right. It, which, which, is, which is my only, the only time anybody ever taught me into more than one rep on the deadlift was which I still don't buy, but was you had to really reset to do it right. Right. So, and I do think that it's. I mean, I'm a touch and go, sumo hook grip straps, full blown cheating, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, you you can let me know how I feel about that. Um, but on that, I think that especially for if you're someone who has trouble with your backgrounding, or you're someone who's just looking to gain more muscle and you're you're, you're new to deadlifting. Mm -hmm. Um, even if you get a, you know, I, I would encourage getting away from the touch and go, mm -hmm. but I would also encourage controlling the eccentric. So controlling the way down. On the deadlift. On the deadlift. Control, yeah. Because I see a lot of people that kind of crash. Well, you mean just bang it down? They kind of just fall apart on the way down. Right. Versus actually treating it like the reverse of the rep. Like it's not an eccentric rep. You know what I mean? It, no, it, mostly just, it isn't because we just set them down. Right. 
It's just kind of like a whew. whereas a squat and a bench are exactly you you have to have it. Um, so in my opinion, I think that it helps to it's, you get more of the lift. You get more bang for your buck. Now, when you're at a powerlifting meeting, it's your third attempt or your second attempt, and you know you've got another third attempt ahead of you, you might want to uh, omit this uh, piece of advice. <laughs> but that's kind of just that's something that I suggest people do. I mean, it's helped me build a strong lower back, upper back, great grip, keeps helps me stay in position. You know what I say? If it's working for you, if it's working for you, but I don't think it'll work for most people. Really? Yeah, that's my. That's obviously the control decentric. No, no, the band, the bow. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, the control eccentrics, that's fine. You're going to build muscle, too. That, that's exactly it. Yeah, that, no. I mean, that's my thing. It's like, we're here to get stronger. We're training. Would you do a curl and just throw it? No. Know? No. No, I don't have any argument with that. Yeah. No. that. I mean, you're going to build some thick muscle that way. Yes. In fact, Ernie France used to, I think, have him do those off a block. He'd have, he'd help his lifters pull up like 900 and make him set it down. Not to the floor, down. just to some blocks. Yeah. So, funny story. When I first, this is so funny to think about, but when I first started deadlifting, I had no idea. And, not to interrupt. Yeah, sorry. If you want to try that, that'd be a, a way to do that, is get in a rack or get in the blocks with your buddies mm-hmm. and, and have them hand you 750 or 800. Not hand you, pull it up with them. Right. And then take Maybe it back you got, down. Maybe you got two buddies on either end. Because how many times are you going to have that weight in your hands? Right? Oh, man. So, yeah. you, so what you say is fine. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. But but I I ramp it up. So when I first started deadlifting, I don't even know how I found out about deadlifting. But I remember <laughs> seeing it and thinking I'm going to do that. So here's an embarrassing story. The very first time I ever deadlifted, I made it up to three plates, and I was able to like I had the strength, I didn't have the grip. And I was at the uh, Main gym, and this is so embarrassing. But I uh, they had these like sweat towels, these little you know like. Six inch yeah. by six inch yeah. towels, and you know my hands are just like getting torn apart, and I I know that it's my grip that's restricting me, and so for whatever reason I thought that if I wrapped it like a towel yeah. around the bar, yeah. it wouldn't be as bad, yeah. And that's what I did. Did it, did it work? It did. I like tied the towels like, better than gloves. Yeah, <laughs> barely. But when I um when I finally, so that was my first time deadlifting. Yeah. This is probably deadlift uh, number thirty or so. I would actually start from like the top and I would pick it up with just you know just a little bit take two steps back mm-hmm. and then so I'm at the top and then start deadlifting I'd finish and then I'd walk it back and put it in like it, you would a squat in the rack in the rack oh you wouldn't have a set position no no like so imagine if I you got had to, like the squat yes, the squat yes, rack yes, set yes, up at like yes. a floor press something. that might be a new exercise <laughs> I might have invented yeah. something but the, the only reason why I did it was because it was such a pain in the ass to Take the plates on and off. Yeah, at the bottom. That's an interesting concept. I had no idea what I was doing, and I just wanted to deadlift, and that's how I did it. And I actually I worked up to a four plate deadlift doing that. So I was walking out a four plate deadlift at you know, and that was like when was uh, that? Uh, two thousand. That's like two thousand twelve, probably. See, you don't realize that you were setting up a foundation then. You realize that because this is your best lift. Oh yeah, totally. So you you were doing stuff then. Absolutely, but you know I'm sure it was ugly, but it, it helped, I guess. You 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 were putting weight in your hands you had never done, right? And now look at you. Yeah, that's. I mean, probably getting uh, laughed at then, but hey, who's, look who's laughing now. Now who's laughing? That's right. right. Black bears. <laughs>
All right. So where are we at? Number f- like four ish. Four ish. What you got any? I got one, but it's uh, it's it's kind of a. Uh, actually, I'm at five ish. Go ahead. I kind of am too. Actually, it's kind. Of, well, so this is something that I picked up here, and this is more specific. This is only specific to sumo. Mm-hmm. You really want your hips to be higher rather than lower. Correct. We just got just got done with my last fellow. So I think what a lot of people do when they start uh, learning the sumo deadlift. Mm-hmm. They want to basically do a really nice ass-to-grass vertical shin, excuse me, squat. Yeah. And then pick it up. Mm -hmm. But watch how high your hips, watch how much your hips move before the bar moves. Okay. I see that a lot. People get down. Oh, the hips are popping. The hips pop way before the bar moves. Yeah, it's it's all over then. The best, I mean, my the way that I can best explain it is that you want to be as tall as possible when you start so that you minimize the lift. Minimize the, the, the path the bar has to travel. And I th- if you if you learn this, get your hips up, you can learn to... Maybe if somebody took a picture of you in that position, you'd say, oh, his head and shoulders are over the bar. But if you learn to get the hips up and just do that quick rock, it pulls your head and shoulders right back either in line with the bar or behind it, and mm-hmm. then you are in a good position. Yeah, and that's where you can... And that goes for both uh, styles. Oh, yeah, totally. Just yeah. that extra little lean back. Right, but you you got to make sure you're teaching them that they got to get them up and then drop them a little and go. Yes, and when you drop it a little, it's where you should hear that bar click, going back to number if one you're, or two there. If you're tight, and then you drop, and you pull tight, and you go. Click, boom, and then it goes. Yes, and if you... Once you master that, if you... You know everything being relative. You, what do you? How much do you weigh? One ninety-eight. Two hundred pounds. Sure. That means you should you should be able to rock. Just sit back and rock five hundred pounds to your knees. Oh yeah. Now well, yeah, just with leverages. Now start add, adding technique, strength training, skill. Mm-hmm. Now you're at six hundred when you learn this. Okay. So. Yeah, I would have to say, and I want to cut you off before you go, but my no my increase in my deadlift has increased so much since I've started here. I yeah. haven't gotten that much stronger. It's been mostly technique. I have gotten, I definitely have gotten stronger, but I haven't gotten, you know, 190 well, pounds on my deadlift stronger. It's been a combination of strength and the technique. Well, you had the, you had the, the strength was there. You've unlocked it through, you know, skills, through the skills it takes to lift these weights. So now that your, your odyssey is going to be getting stronger. That'll be your, exactly. your strength odyssey. Right. Through, by keeping your skills up, maybe gaining some body weight, I don't know. Whatever it takes, and you'll then you will get, you know, stronger with the word stronger. But unless I right can now make my you're, arms very, you're very skillful, so. But that's what this sport is. It is, yeah, totally. A lot of people think it's more it's all just uh, cranking the weight up, but more than just that. No, trust me. Uh, you know what? For 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 the for the born the people that are just born for it, Ed Cohn. It, it didn't matter what he did; he was going to be the champion. Yeah. Bill Kazmaier, these right. guys. For the you know, but this is where I think Westside is is so pertinent. It'll make a great lifter out of any almost anybody. Not the guys who were stamped out of a mold to be power lifters, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I believe. That training will make anybody super strong. All right, was that five? No, four. So I have five. Let's hear. I have like five A, B, and C. All right, let's hear it. And it goes back a little more to training again. Then the I think we covered everything about mistakes and not everything we could probably spend two hours on mistakes. But, oh yeah. But I think this is a mistake, and that is training max effort lifts on the deadlift off the floor. 
we talked about it the last couple of weeks anyway, but don't do it. Uh, if you want to train heavy off the floor, go against the bands. If you want to train heavy off the floor, go with the bands. If you want to train off the floor, do the volume work. Walk in here and try 15 singles, see how that goes. All right, stop pulling max effort deadlifts off the floor because it, it's psychologically devastating. I don't know about you. It messes your CNS up. It messes, yeah, it just messes my head up. Yeah. Well, so, that's what I was talking about, you, the, the whole uh, visualizing it yeah. yourself, doing yeah. it. It only works so many times. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're going, like, yeah, there's a few moves in football you're only going to make a couple of times and you're going to get your, your head knocked off. The same thing with with this. Yeah. You only try that a few times and you, it's not going to work. And that barbell is going to be buckled to right. the floor. You want to pull a max effort? Get them on. Get them on a short block. Uh, get a new max effort in the bands. Go get. A, we already said it. Get a max effort against the bands. Save your max effort for the meet. All right. Yep. I um, did my final heavy pull from a two mat. There you go. It was great. Perfect. Felt good? Yeah, and it was technically a PR. I had pulled the same weight before, but mm -hmm. with straps and on a deadlift bar. So this was no straps and on a stiff bar. Beautiful. So it was great. So. And that's uh, that's roughly, I'll probably try to pull either that or about 10 pounds more at the meet for my third attempt. Oh, okay. So you gotta, you're all set. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Good. I think you're going you're gonna to really pull. I'm stoked. I got a feeling you're going to pull a big lift. So I think you're going to beat some numbers out of here. I hope so. I hope you do, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Yes. Anyway, so far, so, so don't, don't go off. heavy off the ground. Just yeah. knock it off. Get your right? head straight. Get your head out of here. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> all right, 5A. All right? Big, Big mistake. Yeah. Maybe you don't have them, but not using the reverse hyper, the glute ham. Oh, yeah. And training your abs heavy. Oh, interesting. Abs heavy. Abs heavy, of course. Yes, yeah. yes. That's a big mistake. We, we have them, so use them. Unfortunately, a lot of gyms don't, but there's some ways to do it with the the um, stability balls, which I can show people. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can set up a glue ham or a reverse hyper if you have a, a stability ball. Oh yeah, okay, no, no problem. And then abs, obviously, you can do anywhere. But the abstract, the using the abs strap, I think, is the best way because you can adjust the stimulus, the weight. Yeah, I'm trying to think how I used. To, I I've always been. Oh, you know what it was? I used to train abs heavy when I was in college, and it was on a like. Ab machine, and it was the those exact same bad. movement. They're not that bad. It was the same movement. Yeah. Instead of it from above, it yep. was you're pushing. Those are not that. You're bad. almost in like a tricep push down, but you're just rocking on it. Yep. I don't mind. In fact, I wouldn't mind having one. But we got. And this, I mean, for now we have the strap. I uh, it developed my abs tremendously. Yeah. And uh, it you got to have the, the the tough core. Yeah. And that's huge on it's all just, the lifts. Yeah. I can't stand that word, but anyway. Core. Yeah. It's just like it's a coined word from it 10, 15 years ago. You gotta be, you gotta have a good thick abdominal, and you gotta have thick uh, spinal erectors, paraspinal muscles, yes. and the big three: uh, hips, glutes, and hamstrings. I say it every week. That's the big three for this sport. All right, so that was five A. Yeah, and just real quick, I guess yeah. I want to say that I think a lot of dudes, less women, but more dudes, mm -hmm. neglect the hamstring accessories. I believe you're right. Um, if you don't have a reverse hyper or a uh, GHR, mm -hmm. uh, one thing I would recommend, I used to call him Ronnie Coleman's because it was mm -hmm. the only person I ever saw do him, but it was uh, basically like a partial range of motion dumbbell RDL. Oh, yeah, okay. And yeah. you could just with get a bar. I, I use dumbbells. Oh, dumbbells, sure. Because for or dumbbells, kettlebells, I've, kettlebells I've yeah. heard people use. So with dumbbells, you can actually get it like closer uh, than you would anything else because of where the gap is. Great piece of advice, Matt. 
Absolutely. And that is, it's time under tension. You're going to, I mean, maybe if you're a guy, grab 50s or 60s, do a couple, like, you know, two sets of 25. Don't go all the way down. Don't go all the way up. Stay in tension the whole time. Your hamstrings will be on fire. If they're not on fire, come see me. You're probably doing it wrong. That great piece, great exercise, great piece of advice. Did you know that the, um, did you know the glute ham is an old machine? It's not, that's nothing new, you know. Those have been around forever. Okay. They used to call them the glute ham calf. You ever watch anybody do it? Oh. You ever watch somebody's calves when they're doing it? They, they explode. You've never, you never I guess it? I never noticed. Next no. time somebody's on there, watch their calves. It was called the glute ham calf raise because it nails your calves. And that's what they used to call them. Now it's just a glute ham raise. But anyway. I first found out what that machine was through CrossFit. I'm sure they have them. Yeah. They, well, they do a... They do a... There's like an actual event in the CrossFit Open where they use those. And I think it's a sit-up, though. I was going to say, they're, they're faced up, right? Yeah, and I think that they're doing like medicine ball sit-ups where I've, they have to like touch the ground... And then go all the way up. Yeah, it's real good for your back. Yeah, you heard my back crack yeah. as I went down. Yeah, but anyway, the way we do them is really valuable. Absolutely. So, the, so that's uh, five, mistake 5A, not training those. And you, there, if you don't have them, there's a way to do it. So yes. come see us. We'll yeah. show you. Get those hamstrings strong. Yeah. So I got 5B, and you've seen this, I'm sure. People decide they're sumo deadlifters, but they're essentially doing a conventional deadlift with a wide stance. They're not even they're not even affecting a sumo deadlift. I call that the strong man deadlift. Strong man, whatever you, you see want to call it. You see a lot of like, I mean, you see watch Eddie Hall. I think that they have to. I mean, as you found out, you have to lift conventional. You wouldn't even let me. Yeah. Um, they were very touchy about that. Yes, um, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> um, very hurt. Yeah, no, you do see that a lot though. Yeah, it's just some kind of crappy hybrid that people pull it, together. Obviously, when the big strongmen are doing it, they have a reason for it, yes. but if you're it, powerlifting... It's basically they're doing a conventional deadlift with their hands inside their knees. Right. So, come find somebody. If you want to go to sumo, we'll teach you how to sumo. Yeah. And you know, sumo, true sumo, we've probably said this before. I don't Tell me if I have. The true wide, wide sumo is very seldom seen. Where most of us are doing is a modified sumo. Yeah. You know that? Because I said that, I know you've told me that I'm closer to a true sumo you than are. you are. You are. I'm not even near it, but uh, the, the best example of the best modified sumo, I, I, he told me this himself, was Ed Cohn. It was a modified sumo that he pulled that 901 in. Right. It, and most people are not set up to do a really con uh, classic sumo deadlift. What They're would, not physically. What would make it a truly classic sumo? You, you got your toes pointed out, and you are wide, wide, wide. You know, like toes to the plates. Getting near the plates, not you know, not not going to cut your toes off, but yeah. you're getting out there. And there are very few people suited for that genetically. It's tough. It's so, hard to get yourself um, out there. The best guy ever was the uh, was the Japanese guy. You could easily Google him, uh, Isagawa. He was ten times world champion. And he was a classic sumo deadlifter, just like a machine. You know who Yuri Belkin is, right? Yes. I gotta say that he's he's gonna if he's is he out there? His feet. Oh yeah. Okay. As far as they go, and his last meet he opened with nine seventy. Hmm. He's uh. So he's gonna pull a thousand. Oh, easy. It's it's pretty much. I mean, but what is crazy also is he went from one ninety eight to two forty two and like. Wow, five months or something. He's he's a uh, thoroughbred. Yeah. Um, 
I just made a mistake on the Japanese guy. It was Inaba. Hidaki Inaba was the... The first guy I said was really good, but this other guy, Inaba, was unbelievable. Classic sumo, wide stance, real sumo. Yeah, and then, of course, you've got the... Uh, anyway, back to the guy you're talking about. Yeah, you've got Yuri Belkin, obviously, who's the, the Russian thoroughbred, and he is just an insane... Is he a three-lift guy? Oh, yeah. He's got a 2,200-pound total at 220. Wow. Raw. Yep. Um... I mean, he's. I, I want to say he's benching five. I, it, it, he's a total three lift guy, absolute nut. But the deadlift does make a huge piece of it. And then, of course, you've got the. Uh, if you want another example for an awesome true sumo, Kaylor Wollum, Doctor. That's a guy I like to watch because yes. he holds. He just holds his position so beautifully. Perfectly. It, that would be the guy to watch. That guy, and I'll, I, I think I mentioned this: the Finnish deadlifters. Mm-hmm. Just go watch the, some of their videos. I don't want to go on a tangent, but yeah. uh, Westside Barbell Instagram actually posted something like a week ago saying, do you know what the origin of the pull is? The slip pull. Was I right? You were right. What do I get? <laughs> there are prizes in the mail. Pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they Where'd actually... did you see that? It was on the Westside Barbell's Instagram. And, oh, but okay. they actually had... They, they knew where they were pulling the wood to. That's see, the only I thing don't they know had where, I you. do not know where you pull wood to. But I'm you just know out. that you pull the you wood. You pull the wood. I know that. And I know where to pull sleds. I just, <laughs> just don't know where to pull the wood to. So my 5C was, yeah. I already said it. Start new lifters. If you're coaching, if you don't have a coach and you want a deadlift and you're not sure, start in the blocks, start in a power rack. Be careful if you're going to go on the floor. Try not to. Even if it takes you two workouts extra. Yeah. You'll, you'll get some technique out of it. So. Yeah, and I... I'll admit that if I had not lifted here, I may have different opinions on that. But after seeing you take so many people through that successfully, I, I can't disagree with it. I just can't. And, and you, you know, know I, I do the same with the squat. Everybody starts on the box. Mm-hmm. And, and pretty much with the, with the squat, unless they're getting ready to compete, they stay there. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's really a harder move than a free squat. I don't know what you think. but yeah, It's I've, harder, more... It, it breaks that chain, that eccentric, concentric chain. So... It makes you stronger. It builds more muscle, and it hits the big three like you can't believe. That's interesting. It is. Uh, I, I get what you say with breaking the eccentric concentric chain, and since that I've been squatting. That's got to be done right. Right. Since I've been squatting a little narrower, I get the uh, the bounce. You get out of a bottom. little bit, a yeah. little bit, yeah. which you would lose. Yeah. From the box, so I'm looking forward to getting back in the box. I'll yeah. tell you that. I'm I'm sore. All right, that's, uh, that's my five. Five plus A, B, and C at the on the tail hanging off the tail of five. Yep, that so. was my uh, my two cents on that. Um, I'm sure we've forgotten things. But. Oh, I'm sure we have. Um, just real curious, what's your thoughts? You you don't see it very. I don't see it very much here. You do see it a lot though, mostly with conventional guys, and they kind of roll the bar. Oh, I'm glad you said that. And then kind of pull it up. What is the? I meant to have that like four A. So what's the? I guess I, what's the intent of that? I, I don't like it. I know that. Uh, it's hard to argue with Chris Wires because he pulled 858 or something, and that's how he deadlifts. Mm-hmm. But beyond him, I haven't seen a lot of success with it. I, I don't like it. It seems super inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, he had it down, obviously. But uh, beyond that, I don't know. I yeah, because you see a lot of conventional guys, they almost go out, they're holding onto the bar, they're at like full extension all the way out. Yeah. And it's it's as if that they're trying to use the momentum of the roll the, the, to their I guess them. the bar coming in, but you know you you have like split seconds there, or nothing's going to happen. Right, you got to so, catch uh, it. Yeah, just so, right. I guess I would not advocate be an advocate of that. 
I would, I'm more of an advocate of getting a position, get as much tension on the bar as you can, yes. and pull it in. That I'm, I'm with you there. The pretension is pretty much it, pretension and make sure that you're actually there to deadlift and your brain is there to deadlift. It's too. all you have. It's not moving. The squat and the bench, I know they're moving in the other direction, but anything that's moving, you have a chance to reverse its direction. Mm -hmm. So the deadlift's not moving. So you have to, you have to be ready. So that was our... Uh, Any questions in there? Uh, we didn't get... We, I know that there was someone reaching out for questions. I don't think that we received them. I am just trying to pull out the numbers from last week really quick. And I got one other little thing here. Yeah. What's that, Maddie? That is, we could still use a couple spotter loaders for the women's, the March 10th. Uh, the sign-up is right here. And a couple people, it's a short meet. We're not using the big 110-pound uh, plates. We should be done by 12, 1230, mm -hmm. and we could really use you. Yeah, you don't, uh, for those listening, if you're considering it, you don't realize how much we appreciate that. And, yeah, and uh, you know what? If you're not a member here, I'll give you a free month. That's awesome. How's that? That's great. So, man, I wanted to show you this. So yes. Last, uh, our podcast has been going up, and the pro we're getting more views, which is good. Check that number out right there. 466. That was our views from last week. Come on. That is five times better than anything that we've done so far. you got to be kidding me. So I just want to give a huge thank you to the listeners and the followers yes. of the podcast for sticking through it. I know it started with Maddie and I not knowing what we're doing with the podcast, fumbling our way through these sometimes with kind of crappy audio or whatever it may be. We're figuring it out, and we appreciate you guys listening. Wow, thank you all. And um, the best way for this progress to continue for us is for you guys to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, a five, five, give us a five-star rating and leave us a written <clears throat> review. So iTunes doesn't actually sort anything by the number of plays. It sorts it by the number of reviews. So the best way for us to try to get into the top 200 sports podcasts is to for you guys, you the listener, right now, Go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating. If you don't know how to do that, find me. I'll tell you how to do it. He'll march you right through it. I'll march you right through it. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. That 466, yep. that's between last Wednesday and right now, right this minute. Seven days. That's a lot of listens. That's a lot of listens. For, for a little, two little guys like this? No kidding. Eight, I mean, for what we started, I mean, when we started, we were getting like 15. Really? A week. 15 listens a week. Wow. Nice job, man. So that's good. It makes me feel great. I know it makes you feel great. Yeah. Um, you, the listener, I hope it makes you guys feel great, hoping that you're you know, one of the first listeners on maybe the next big sports podcast. So thank you, guys. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that you're part of it, too. That's right. We all are. Yeah. So next week, we will. Uh, I'm going to try to get Ryan to join us. We'll do a little USAPL meet recap. A recap of your meet. Yep. Yeah. And then um, hopefully after that, we'll have a big guest. Which is a little That's obvious right. if That's you can right. see between the lines. Mm -hmm. um, following week, we'll do the women's meet recap, mm -hmm. and we'll go from there. Thank you all for listening. Good night, everybody. Thank you again. Mm -hmm.